welcome back to the DAC Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Alvisu. This is episode 102. Continuing on our theme from education from last week, this week, I have a good friend of mine, Allison Love, on the show. Allison is a teacher, or she used to be a full-time teacher. Now she's a full-time stay-at-home mom. But due to a lot of the challenges around COVID-19, and I know that I've had a lot of Uh, suggestions from the community about, hey, what can I do with my kid now that they're here at home? Some some different ideas on how to keep them engaged and uh, and staying sane during this time. Uh, Allison brings a lot of really good stuff to the table. So I'm very excited for you all to hear her suggestions and to hear our conversation overall. First, we talk about how she took the news about schools being closed for the rest of the year. Well, I think I reacted just like everyone else, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This is crazy. Um, I got really nervous about my kids falling behind in school. And then I just snapped and I was like, no, I could do this. We talk about the right amount of time you should spend on schoolwork and also taking into consideration kids with special needs. You know, there's a lot of transition time at school. There's a lot of socialization time at school. You don't really need to do that hardcore teaching too much. And we also talk about how screen time is not such a bad thing in this quarantined world we're in. You know what? TV is actually not the worst thing. Here's my conversation with Allison Love. Allison Love, welcome to the Dad Chronicle. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are you? Good. It's weird being so formal with you, uh, but you know, I know. It's, this is fine. <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, I am very happy to have you here on the show. Allison is a is a dear friend of mine. Uh, really enjoyed getting to know you and your family over the past, I don't know, a couple of years since uh, since we yeah. met. And, uh, and I've learned a lot about you and you have a, a great background as a teacher and very excited to, uh, to, to bring some of your expertise to this show. Uh, as everybody okay. listening is, uh, is aware, uh, fully aware, this whole COVID-19 thing is a big problem. And Allison is here to talk about some of the ways that she has brought her background as a teacher into uh, her home life with her two daughters. So before we jump into any of that, Allison, do you want to quickly introduce yourself to, uh, the, to the friends at home? Sure. Well, I'm a former um, Fairfax County public school teacher. I taught elementary school for a few years and then changed into a stay-at-home mom. Uh, Wasn't originally the plan, but once I had my first daughter, I just could not imagine leaving her. And those, you know, 90-hour work weeks were just not going to work with being a mom. So I decided to stay home for a while. And um, I'm loving it. It's made me a little crazier, but I think that's okay. (laughs) That's just being a, a parent, I think, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And, so, and you have two daughters, right? Do you want to introduce I have two daughters. I have an older one and she's in first grade. She's seven years old and her name is Ellis. And then I have a five-year-old who will be six in like 20 days and she's in kindergarten and that's Finley. Wonderful. Beautiful little girls. Uh, you're married to Matt uh, and... You mm-hmm. guys are are wonderful and and very happy that we met. We met because of a of a mutual friend. You guys uh, yes. a, acquired a new neighbor, uh, some yes. dear friends of ours, Justin and Cass, and uh, we met because of that. And you guys just live right down the road. Typically, I would have you over to the house and we would do this interview that way. But this whole COVID I thing, know. God, I can't I can't <laughs> see anybody. It was really funny for the folks it's- at home. You know, Matt uh, or Allison was. Uh, riding her bike down the, down the street yesterday, I have my window open and I hear running away from my children. Yeah, I hear Alex, <laughs> Alex, and I'm like looking. At us, I'm like, is that Allison? Oh my god, it's Allison! I thought that was great. Yeah, out your window, just <laughs> trying to get some 
you know, adult conversation. Yes. <laughs> and away from the kids for a little while because everyone's home with their little ones right now and you need a little break sometimes. So you know what? I just got on my bike when my husband was done with work and just decided to go on a ride and stop by your house. No, that was, <laughs> it was so fun. And, and yeah, like you said, everybody's stuck at home right now. A lot mm-hmm. of parents perhaps listening to this are thinking, man, I got to think about the next thing to do with my kid tomorrow. And luckily we have yeah. a teacher here on the air with us right now with some uh, potential. <laughs> yeah. It was I some really, really good, good ideas. ideas for you guys too. Yeah. So why don't we jump right into the, I, I, actually, I, and I, I'm sorry, before we even jump into this, when you heard mm-hmm. that the girls had to stay home from school, like, and for those listening that don't know, Virginia schools are like closed through the end of the year, uh, through the end of this school yes. year. So what was your reaction to that news? Well, I think I reacted just like everyone else, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This is crazy. Um, I got really nervous about my kids falling behind in school. And then I just snapped and I was like, no, I could do this. Um, And I, you know, I have the background as a teacher, but it's a totally different ball game when you are working with your own kids. I myself, I'm certified to teach kindergarten through sixth grade. However, I taught third grade for a very short time. And then I taught sixth grade. So I taught the 12 year olds that would be able to, you know, you give them work, they do it. It's done. A kindergarten, first grader, it's a little different. So I had to adjust a lot of my um, thoughts and process of this. So you know, with an older kid, they could sit down and do a lot more independently. Whereas a kindergarten first grader, they need you there constantly. I mean, my first couple days, I was in one room with one daughter and in the other room with another daughter. I separated them and I was running literally back and forth trying to do way too much. Um, and that was the first lesson I personally learned. I'm <laughs> like, you know, the first day I started trying to do this homeschool thing is that, is that, you know, you can't stress so much. You can't, there's the seven hour school day is not necessary at home when you're with your own kids. You know, I only have the two, but some people probably have, you know, four kids in four different grades and that's a lot. And you need to just kind of step back and realize that your kid only really needs to sit down like sit down work for an hour, maybe two hours tops in the elementary age. And, you know, when they get to like middle school, high school, you know, maybe three, four hours, but that's it. You know, there's a lot of transition time at school. There's a lot of socialization time at school. You don't really need to do that hardcore teaching too much with my, with my, you know, my little ones, I really only have them sit down work for maximum two hours and they're broken into little slots of like a 20 minute thing here, you know, maybe a 10 minute or five minute thing here and, you know, break it up. You've got to break it up because those kids are not going to sit in their own house. It's not like they're, they're in a totally different environment. They're stressed. They want to go to school. They don't know what they're doing. So, you know, you got to keep in mind that the more you get stressed trying to push too much on them it's it's just going to backfire. You yeah. need to do little bits at little times. And that's kind of what I've learned 
in this first couple of weeks yeah. of homeschooling is that, you know, I really need to stop putting so much pressure on them because, you know, they're stressed out too. <laughs> yes. And that, that I'm really glad yeah. that you talked about that because I think that people don't realize, like they're, they're trying to think, okay, how do we grind out this seven, eight yeah. hour day? Yeah. But it really is more manageable than perhaps we think about it. So, what are some it of is. the ways when you're when you're thinking about kids? Uh, perhaps let's start mm-hmm. with a uh, elementary age. Yeah. What are some yeah. really good the ways to help thing. structure that? Yeah, the big thing I do is you know I asked my girls what they missed about school. Like, what is because we call it mommy school. So, like you know, when we're having mommy school, what is it that you miss other than your friends? Because I know that's the first answer. Other than your friends, what do you really enjoy about school? What are the routines that you like? What are ones that you don't like? You know, you can really adapt everything to your kid and you know your kid the best. So, you know, my girls, they really like uh, like having a morning meeting, like having something at the start of the day. So I just have a little board that says, good morning, Ellison Finley. Today is, you know, I, I actually don't know what today is, but today is... Uh, Thursday, April 2nd, 2020, but I'll leave like the date so they could practice writing their numbers. So it'll be like today is, you know, Thursday, April, and then a blank 2020. And then I give them a little something to think about or something to draw or something to just kind of get them in the mood. So one morning I had them, you know, good morning, please draw a picture of what you would like for breakfast. And so they would you know, draw a picture. My girls, if they could, they would label what they were drawing. And then that's how they would start their day. Just something very small, but just something to get them in the mood to sit down and do it. I love that idea, um, by the way. Yeah. That's like a great, I think that you set a precedent for the rest of your day with how you kind of start it. I think just, we can learn that as adults even, Uh, but that's a wonderful tone to set for the day. So kudos on you for that. I love that idea. Thank you. Yeah, just they really like their morning meeting. A lot of kids in the elementary level really enjoy that. And it's really just a hello. How are you? I mean, sometimes we'll talk about our dream. Like, did you have a dream last night? How did you sleep? You know, whatever they kind of want to start the day with, I let that happen. Sometimes they wake up and they're cranky and they don't want to do anything. And you know what? That's okay. They could sit and eat their breakfast quietly. That's no problem with me. I can leave the morning message up. I just have like a little, like a little whiteboard. I can leave it up and we could do it later if they're really like, you know, maybe didn't have a good night's sleep or something, but it's there and it's there for them. They, you know, I keep the words uh, simple to where they can, you know, read it or pretty much read it. And, um, and so they can have something to think about. And I always have one or two like coloring sheets or even just blank paper and a couple crayons will work. You know, because they could just sit there in the morning. If they're not in the mood, they could just draw or something. And that's fine because a lot of the times the kids will use um, an outlet like art to kind of tell you how they're feeling. And mm. so, you know, I've had a couple mornings with my 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 seven-year-old, you know, Ellis. Yep. She's very sensitive. And, you know, sometimes she just is really upset when it dawns on her again that she's not going to school. She's not going to see her teacher and her friends um, in the school environment. And she gets really saddened by that. And so sometimes she just will draw a picture of how she's sad and then she'll talk about it. And that's really great because, you know, you need them to be able to express themselves in this time in the world. The world is so crazy right now that, 
you know, sometimes just giving your kids the chance to have an outlet, a safe, safe place to be upset. They, they can throw a fit. It's okay. You know, you've got a, you know, moms and dads throw fits in a different way. <laughs> so, you know, I throw fits too when I'm stressed out. So, so, you know, and you just have to kind of go with what your kids are, are needing that day. Sure. Sometimes they just need a little bit more comfort. Um, I have things on backup. Um, I've actually written my notes out here in like different subjects, but I do have things set aside that, you know, if they wake up and they just don't want to do anything, they just want to watch TV. You know what? TV is actually not the worst thing because Fairfax County has their channel and it has learning things there. It's not the best always, but you know, there's always PBS Sesame Street, things like that you could put on. I have Schoolhouse Rock from when I was a kid. Oh, and my so girls good. really like that. Yeah, they really like that. And um, and then I also have things like Planet Earth or Blue Planet. You can go on Discovery Channel. And any of those things, you know, just put on. And, you know, I know my kids want to watch SpongeBob. But, you know, maybe in the morning, that's not the best thing. That'll be like, oh, well, after mommy school, we can watch some SpongeBob or on break, you know. Mm. But otherwise, you know, you could put on something where they can lay down and watch, you know, a, a Planet Earth episode and it'll kind of, you know, calm them down or they can sing along to a schoolhouse rock, you know, something that, you know, you could just kind of do in that way. And then Finley, on the other hand, she's not going to, you know, I know her, she doesn't want to sit down and do that. So I'll have other things for her to do sometimes, um, like we'll play hangman. Hangman is such a great game for kids. They're learning to read. They're learning to write. They're learning their letters better. And it's a simple, easy game that I can play with them. And, you know, they love it. And they're reading, they're writing, they're working on their letters. Um, you know, a lot of games are so good. Mm -hmm. You know, people think, oh, they're just home playing all the time. But, you know, kids learn through play. And I think that's very important to kind of bring that in there. You don't want it to be worksheets, worksheets, worksheets. That's not going to keep their attention. Yeah. And, you know, on that topic, I'm actually really curious your thoughts on where's that line, that delineation between, you know, I mean, certainly you want it to be as fun as possible, but you also don't want to just, you, you don't want to diminish the value of the yes. education by just not, not letting them get the point of, of why you're doing it in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, how oh, do you, how do you well, find that line I mean, of delineation? Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying like, how do you find that, that difference, that, that, that delineation and, and really stay true to the, the message in some of these games? Yeah. Well, you know, there, something like hangman is just happening itself. You know, they're, they're really just reading and writing. That's what hangman is. They're drawing that little picture of the guy or whatever, but that's, you know, not too bad. Something like a scavenger hunt is great because it's a game and the kids are running around finding things, but they also have a piece of paper with the words on it, you know, and, and you're, they're writing and, you know, my kids will sometimes get stressed like, oh, you know, I'm trying to write my own scavenger hunt, but I don't know how to spell this. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's what we're doing. We're learning how to sound things out. So let's just see how it sounds. And then, you know, even if it frustrates them a little bit, you know, they know they have the the fun of the scavenger hunt or creating the scavenger hunt. You know, I don't always make it 
a lot of times for the kids, it's fun for them to make their own games. They can make a board game. They can make a scavenger hunt. They can, if they have a sibling, they can, you know, exchange. My kids like making quizzes for each other. When I say, okay, you know, I'd like to have a little bit of math time. I always tell them what we're doing. Like, oh, let's have have a little bit of math time. You know, let's get out the dice and just roll and add and subtract or, you know, let's go on PBS.com and play one of the math games, which has like all their favorite characters from the shows. So, you know, they know that they're learning while they're playing because I'm kind of saying, well, this is school fun. This is the school games that we're playing. And a lot of times they want to play it even when it's not, you know, quote unquote school time. So as long as you kind of, you know, they know it's school time, quote unquote, you know, that kind of helps my girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you know, for math, you know, having them cook a meal with, with me, that that's something we've been doing every night. They're deciding, you know, who's going to cook and they're measuring. They have to read the, you know, read the ingredients. They have to, you know, and that is technically after the school time and, you know, they're still learning. So I'm kind of bringing learning into everything at this point. You know, I'm not, you know, putting them in front of the TV or kicking them outside to play when I'm cooking dinner. I'm bringing them in now. I'm bringing them in and making them get their hands dirty and, you know, do the measurements. And, you know, they're learning how to measure things. They're learning about fractions. It's, you know, it's really great. Yeah. Can can you um so first of all everything that you're saying is is really awesome they're really good examples i think really tangible examples mm-hmm. for uh for people to think about uh, with their own kids uh yeah. but you know what you said is that uh you know that really important part you have to be willing to put in the work um you know certainly realizing that hey you're spreading out this learning throughout the day you know you're not grinding mm-hmm. out those 8 hours or whatever but you know, you're right. bringing this, these pockets of learning into the day, but you know, you get to the end of the day, you're pretty tired as a parent. Um, oh, yeah. and you know, you're <laughs> sitting there now, uh, bringing them into the cooking process for me. Sometimes like I've been bringing Aria into some of the cooking and stuff here at home too, just like teaching uh-huh. her about how, you know, okay, water gets hot. It's going to start boiling. Watch the bubbles. Don't touch. It's hot. You know, she's kind of like learning some of those, uh, those pieces. Right. But at the same time for me also cooking is a little bit of an escape and it's kind of nice to like, separate from everything what are some of the ways that that perhaps you prepared yourself as a parent uh you know mentally (laughs) to to include (laughs) your kids in in some of that stuff um and just really stay strong because this quarantine thing is no joke on the uh, on the mindset you know yeah you know it's tricky because you just kind of i think i i went 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 I kind of had a little bit of a breakdown, <laughs> you know, and then a lot, a lot of times, I don't even know if this is appropriate to say, but this is what I'm saying. A lot of times I will pour myself a glass of wine. I will bring the girls in. They're a little bit older than Aria, so they can, they can handle like, you know, measuring and pouring. And, you know, I'm just trying to just go with the flow with it. They're not in there every night. I do have escapes. Of course I have escapes. I got on my bike the other day and ran away, you know? Um, And the kids can also sit down and do a lot of stuff themselves independently. I know there's a lot of people 
that are still working from home and they're like, wow, I can't be sitting there playing hangman and making board games with my kids. Of course you can't. There's so many other things that you can think about doing um, that don't involve you being right there with the kids and can give you either a break or give you that time to um, do your work. So there's so many great resources. I think one of my one of the most positive things that has come out of this COVID-19 is that there are so many people stepping up. There are artists and celebrities and astronauts. They're all there and they're posting up things where you could put your kid in front of the computer. And yes, I know it's a screen, but you know what? We live in a screen kind of world. But you could put them in front of a computer and they can have an astronaut read them a book from space. Some of them are older videos and stuff, you know, and, uh, but the kids find that really awesome too. You know, celebrities are going on and doing read alouds. Uh, there's artists like, uh, Mo Will Willems, Willems. I don't know how to say his last name, but he's the guy who writes those pigeon books, like the pigeon wants a hot dog or something. I don't remember. Uh, I don't but even he know does what that these, is. Okay. You don't know him? No. Oh, okay. Well, he writes these fantastic books and he's an illustrator and they're almost like little comic strip type books, but my girls love them. Um, I think like one of them is don't let the pigeon drive the bus. I think that's like, that's like the, one of the really popular ones, but he goes on and does a mini art lesson every day on YouTube. And I can put it up on the TV, sit the kids down with like, a like, a you know, a table in front of them and a piece of paper, and he will teach them how to draw something. And then, you know, after they're done with the little lesson that he has in their drawing, like the pigeon, for example, then I tell my girls, I'm like, okay, you know, why don't you write your own pigeon story? And they can go into that. Or, you know, if they don't want to draw and do that, you know, going on Skype or FaceTime and letting a family member do a read aloud with them. You know, you could give them the device and have them listen to someone else read, oh, which that. is really great because I think if it's elementary school, if you, if you do nothing, read, 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 have them read, you read, everyone reads. Anytime, you know, you're on the phone with someone, you could have them, hey, pick up a book and read, you know, and then the kids can just listen to it. Um, so those are some things that that's a positive thing I think has really come out of this is having all these people step up and put their things out there. There's virtual trips to museums and zoos and they take, you know, they take some time, especially if the kid's really interested into it. Um, Ellis is really into dinosaurs. She wants to be a paleontologist. The Natural History Museum has opened up a virtual tour where the, where she can go on and just basically walk through the museum she can stop and learn about the things that she wants to learn about and she, i mean i could put her on that and she could be you know self teaching just by going through the museum uh finley loves giraffes so there's like zoo cameras animal cameras and she could watch and see what they do and then i tell her you know what did you learn about you know watching this watching this giraffe for so long and you know that's it's really great how much stuff is actually out there on the internet for you to put your kids in front of, because I don't actually like putting my kids in front of a screen too much, but there is so much that is out there right now with these virtual tours that I feel like it's almost a disservice if I don't let them go 
you know, you can go to the Louvre now online. You can go to, you know, these beautiful art museums that you have to travel to. And, you know, they can go do this right now. They can go, I think, um, Kristen Bell, she's Anna from Frozen. Yeah. She does read-alouds on, like, YouTube. She does it on one of... um, I can't remember the site, but I have it written down for you if you want. But, you know, she reads one and that's really cool because my kids are looking at her and they're like, wow, that's Anna. But it doesn't look like Anna, but it (laughs) sounds like her. And, you know, they get really into that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, um, that's awesome. And I didn't even think about all like the virtual tours and stuff. I think that's really cool. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it's thinking about some of the, the virtual just classroom stuff. Aria's in the middle of doing, like, yeah. ABC Mouse stuff. She's having yes. a lot of fun with it. You know, we kind of talked about it when we were screaming at each other from you outside and us inside our house. But we yeah. were talking about, uh, <laughs> you know, the the problem with, with Aria is that she's still just a little bit young for ABC Mouse. Um, I think right, your kids right. might be at the point where they're probably about that age or if not a little bit more. Um, but you know, with Aria, we don't really have too much of a curriculum. Um, and, and I wanted to kind of get some thoughts from you, uh, you know, like you have, uh, kids that are in school today Mm -hmm. and I assume Mm -hmm. Fairfax County has like sent stuff to your house, right? Like about things that they should know or. Right. Right. They're sending out packets, um, things like that. Like, yeah, just basic, um, you know, what the kids should be working on and they have really good examples. I actually brought it down here in case you wanted to hear about it, but they had really good examples in this packet about like, um, let's see, like, uh, you know, activities, pick one each day. And, you know, one is build something with things around your house. So, you know, they could go and get a cereal box and a cup and some popsicle sticks or something and try to build something. Um, and yeah, so there's like examples like that. See, um, yeah, you know? and that's, that's really cool. I, and I was actually curious because it seems like, you know, mm-hmm. they've provided some good ideas for your kids. Uh, do you have any thoughts on things that you should be doing uh, with kids, perhaps uh, in the preschool age? Um, yeah, that would be absolutely. Really valuable. Um, Even some age. of this stuff really translates too, because, um, Another thing I do is I take note cards or post-its or something and I write uh, sight sight words. Sight words are great. Sight words are something that every kid can be looking at and understanding. So you can put sight words, you know, pick, Aria is young. She, you know, maybe pick three sight words for a week and put them up on your, kind of put them around the house kind of everywhere you know? And so she's seeing those words over and over again. And, and, you know, every time you see it, you pass it and tell her what the word is. And you would be so surprised. She will know these sight words a lot quicker just by having them visually around your house. Um, What a great idea. I didn't ever think of that. Yeah. And see, and then with older kids, you can do, um, I label stuff. So I'll label like, 10, 12 things a week. And it takes, I mean, five minutes of my time. I get some post-it notes or something and I walk and I write television and I stick it to the, to the TV lamp and I stick it to the lamp table. I stick it to the table and then they're up for the week and the kids love running around finding them. Cause that's like kind of fun. The beginning of the day. And then at the end, 
of the week or whenever I think about it. We either take or take them down and we do use them as like flashcards or since I have the two kids that are so close in age, you know, they'll flip over a card and whoever slaps it first says the word and then they like get the card and we've kind of made a little game of it. But even with younger kids like Aria putting, you know, if she's like, I know you said she was working on letters. So seeing them a lot helps. Uh, So, you know, things around the house, like if she's working on the letter, you know, T label, like, five things that start with the letter T and then, you know, maybe have like, instead of you writing the T, have it like, uh, you can make the, those dash marks and she can run around with like a crayon or something and fill in, you know, the five T's. Ah, and then cool. that's kind of her looking at the words associating with what it is. And then also, you know, actually getting her hands in it and making it too. That's so cool, Allison. I love that idea. Now, I want to. Um, <laughs> I want to think about um, another set of kids, uh, mm-hmm. it, and I've had a lot of parents on this show with kids with special needs, um, yes. varying degrees of special needs. Um, you know, I wanted to get some thoughts from you as uh, a teacher, varying mm-hmm. ages. How do you kind of bring what they could be learning in school to uh, for for kids with special needs? How do you bring that home? So yes, kids with special needs, there's, there's a little bit that you have to take into mind. You know, you want the kid to, um, you want it more student led, led and student paced when you're working with a kid with special needs with no pressure, because the minute kids with say, you know, autism or something, they, they get overwhelmed. They, 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 when they're elevated, they cannot do like anything. So you really have to keep the pressure off. Um, you could put a little bit more if you're trying to get your kid to read something, but with a special needs kid, you kind of have to take it a lot slower. You need to take things slower, maybe pick two or three things that you want as a goal, like make very small little goals and have it student led. Also doing a lot of hands-on activities is, is really great. You want student discovery to happen. Um, something that I also have at my house because I'm a little bit crazy is, um, for science, I actually ordered from a website called insect lore. I ordered the caterpillars and they are, you know, going to turn into the butterflies. So even just having that as your science for weeks, I mean, it, I mean, it takes a while, you know, they, the kids can come and look at them. They can draw a picture of what they're seeing they can make, you know, predictions, but keeping it slow and um, you don't want to do too much at once with a kid with special needs. You want to work on, you know, maybe one day you do a reading activity and just leave it at that. Let the kid go at their own pace. If they really, truly love something like math, you, know, you can do a little bit more that day that you're working on math, perhaps, um, you just really want a flexible routine. You want to have a routine Um, with kids with special needs. I think that's very important. So maybe, you know, you have just like the time set out, but not with like a time limit. Like, you know, the first thing we're going to do is a morning meeting, then we're going to do a reading, and then we're going to do this one assignment that I want to do. But you can take it slow, go at the student's pace. And if they're, if you're reading something, and they stop you, and want to want to know something about that, be flexible, change your plan. If you're reading 
about, you know, a cat, you're reading the caterpillar turning into the butterfly, you know, the very hungry caterpillar, and they're very interested in it. Great. If you were planning on doing something about space that day, you know, ditch that, go online and, you know, you can pull up these great resources where you can show them or they, you know, the, the transition from caterpillar to caterpillar to butterfly, let them ask questions, you know, let them, let them set the pace and keep your routine really flexible with kids with special needs. That would be my biggest thing. And if they're just really having an off day, just read to them. Let them pick a book. If they want to read the same book every day, that's okay. Mm. You have to know that that's okay because they're still learning. They're still learning. Even if, yeah. I was going to say that that really brings it back to the patience piece. And and we talk about patience a lot on this show. And I think that uh, parents (laughs) with special needs, uh, kids are uh, especially, uh, especially important that that patience kind of comes through. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can certainly understand, you know, having watched Frozen about five times every day and that Mm -hmm. repetition, it's kind of crazy, but it's certainly worth it, um, you know, especially with kids with special needs where they need kind of that stability. And and I think that's really healthy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I want to also first of all, we brought up a lot of really good resources, right? Like we talked about ABC mouse. If people haven't checked that out, that's a really good resource. You've talked about some of the resources on PBS, some of these online, yeah. uh, these online like walkthroughs and museums. What other resources yes, should, uh, should, should parents know about perhaps either, you know, books or oh, articles or whatever. So yeah, I've found so much great stuff. So, um, one thing that's really great is if your kid is into space, oh my gosh, NASA has the best resources. The kids can go to Mars, literally, virtually go to Mars. Wait, literally, yeah, literally, virtually, literally, you know literally, virtually. I, mean. <laughs> I was about to say, what are we doing? Yeah, they can go, they can go to Mars. NASA has this awesome, awesome website. They have the astronauts, you know, reading, floating in space, which is amazing. But then my kids could go on and it, it's almost as if they're driving the Mars rover. Um, and then my kids were like, what is this rover? Cause they're seeing it, you know, just through the eyes of the robot or whatever it is. And they get really into it. And then they wanted to go look at the actual rover. And then we talked about how it looked different from what they thought it was going to look like and things like that. So NASA is a really great place. Um, PBS, pbskids.org, I think it's called, is really great. Uh, Greatschools.com is really good for worksheets. Some kids actually really respond to, you know, you could do a binder full of worksheets and just like three punch hole it, and then they can just choose what they want to do that day. I've had kids in the past, not my kids, but I've had students in the past that really um, sometimes just want to go off and do things quietly by themselves and they're maybe more shy and they just want to stick to something like the uh, worksheet. So you can make a binder. That's something good to do. And greatschools.org has a lot of wonderful um, worksheets. You click on the age and the subject and that's great. Um, Let's see. There's also uh, for like social studies aspects, there's, uh, you know, reading about people, that are famous or just getting out a couple, you know, a dollar bill and some coins and letting the kids, you know, 
pick someone on that coin and then, you know, look it up. That's good. The uh, insect lore is great. Um, let's see. I've put, uh, well, the blue planet, planet Earth. I have that. That's really wonderful. Um, that stuff is just great to watch anytime. Cosmic Kids. Yeah. Cosmic Kids Yoga is really great. Oh, cool. It, it's a nice... Yeah, it's a nice thing to do for like PE time or calming time because it kind of does both. And if you haven't checked it out, Aria will love it. There's a Frozen one. There's a Trolls mm -hmm. one. There's all the things that your kid, anything your kid is your kid is into. This this lady is just amazing. So it's Cosmic Kids, and I think it might be YouTube or Amazon Prime, something like that. And it's like a short. 30 minute yoga that is a story. So she's telling a story. She's in funny costumes and it's Aria will love it. Oh my gosh. If you haven't checked it out, Aria will go nuts for it. I'm all about it. I will definitely check that out with her. That's great. Yeah. That's a really great one too. Um, but yeah. Oh, the other thing I, I have in my house, this might be going off subject, but okay. another thing I have in my house that I think is a lifesaver for every parent is I just, I got just a box, any box. I have a Tupperware box with a lid because I like to close it up when I'm, you know, sick of looking at it or whatever, but I call it my dreamscape box. <laughs> so I've had this dreamscape box and inside the dreamscape box is random stuff from around my house. No joke. Trash even. I, we finish a tissue box and I'll okay. throw the tissue box in the dreamscape box. So my dreamscape box will have something like paper, crayons, ribbon, leftover wrapping paper pieces that are too small to use for anything else. I throw it in there. Pipe cleaners, popsicle sticks, glue, tape, stickers. You know, you get something from a birthday party and it's something you're like, I don't even know what this is. Toss it in there. And every day I tell my kids, if they're like getting off the rain, I'm like, go to the dreamscape box and create something. And they can just, oh, my girls could spend hours in that box. Um, but that's something really cool to have around your house because you can just let them play free in that box. You know, if, you know, don't put a permanent marker in there. If you don't want <laughs> <Yeah>. permanent marker, <laughs> you know, put in the washable stuff. If your kid is gonna draw on the walls or cells or something you know put in a picture of a box of crayons and if they want it they come say oh can i have the crayons and that's great um but that's yeah, super fun you know and I, i've i've put in socks that <laughs> oh really know, always the random lost sock stick it in the dreamscape box they'll make a sock puppet it's awesome so cool, man. See, you come to the table with so much cool creativity. It's stuff that, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a pretty creative yeah. person, but, like, I don't ever think of this stuff. But it shows what uh, – and, and this is something that I love about you is that you're just so dedicated to your kids. You love this idea of, you know, just being a teacher and, and all the things that come with mm -hmm. it. And you provided so much wisdom and so much goodness uh, on today's episode. And I always like to kind of end the conversation with some words of wisdom. Uh, we're, we're in some sure. really, really – uh, trying times right now um, for people yeah. physically, mentally, spiritually. Uh, we're dealing mm -hmm. with people who are trying to, um, you know, who are unemployed or perhaps yeah. employed, working from home, also raising kids all at the same time, playing teacher. Uh, and you provided a lot of good ideas. But what would you say to people out there who are perhaps struggling with this whole thing? 
just don't, don't stress about it. Your kids are going to be fine. You know, when all is said and done, your kids are going to be fine. You need to let them know that, you know, you need to create that safe space. You need to let them know it's okay to be worried. It's okay to ask questions about the virus. Um, you know, I'm pretty honest with my kids and, you know, if they want to know something, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them. And if they need comfort, you know what? I need that same comfort. Every now and then my kids will get really worried about something and they'll just want to snuggle or hug. And they just want to like be with me and just being with your kids and reminding you, reminding them that you love them and that, you know, everything is going to be okay. As long as, you know, you do what you need to do, you know, you just gotta, and and try to have fun. The kids need fun. You know, they really do. Oh, so true. So true. I think I try to make everything a little bit funny and silly with Aria. Uh, Oh yes. You know, even if it upsets Deanna way too much and annoys her way too much, it's worth it. Uh, it's okay. Even when I get mad at Matt at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, he's just playing with his kids. It's great. He's just playing with his kids. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. Um, yeah. Allison, I, I want to, again, uh, thank you for your time on this show. I think that this has been so great. You've given the listeners and me a lot of ideas <laughs> on, uh, what to, to, to help our kids out with during this really tough time. So thanks for giving back to the community. Oh, no problem, Alex. All right. Thanks for being on the show again. Our guest has been Allison Love. Allison, have a wonderful night. Thanks. You too. Good night. Special thanks again to our guest, Allison Love. That was such a great conversation. I learned so much, and I've actually been implementing some of the stuff that Allison and I talked about with Aria as she's been here, and it's been working out pretty well. And I want to hear from you. If you start implementing some of this stuff, tell me what works, what doesn't work. You can email the Dad Chronicle Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support this show, I want to remind you that you can do so by heading over to the dadchronicle.com. There's a link there to become a patron. Find a level that works for you. Just $1 a month helps. And that's what Michael Miller did. Thank you very much for your contributions to uh, supporting me and my endeavors here. Uh, he was on the show actually very recently and had a very inspiring story. And you can also listen back to old episodes of the show over at the Make sure you're subscribed to your favorite podcatcher so you don't miss a single episode. And again, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.